2: rpn the roddenberry podcast network this episode of mission log is brought to you by express vpn take back your internet privacy today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mission log
0: this episode is also sponsored by mint mobile cut your wireless bill to as little as 15 bucks a month at mintmobilecom slash mission log
1: Mission Log A Roddenberry Star Trek Podcast Episode 334 Facets
2: Welcome into Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast.
0: I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. Mission Log is a show set up to examine Star Trek, episode by episode. We watch it, then we talk about it. It's what we do.
2: This week, Facets, the one where DS9 plays host to all of Dax's hosts. And Nog flunks out a Starfleet before he even gets in. Or
0: does he? I've got trivia coming up in a bit, but first... But first, I'm going to let you know how to get in touch with us. Mission Log Pod is the address to find us on Facebook, Skype, and Twitter. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we would love to hear your voice. 323-522-5641 is the phone number to call. 323-522-5641. Our email address is missionlog at roddenberry.com. Our show website, including discovered documents, is at missionlogpodcast.com. Then please do remember we may use your comments on an upcoming episode of Mission Log. Oh, golly, John, there's uh, Scott Frakes is all over the place in this episode, isn't he? He is. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he's the one who always plays the person who looks like the person. Mm-hmm. But is not actually the person. But isn't really the person. And, yeah. uh, and he is all over this because uh, there's that guy that, that looks like Odo but isn't. And that woman who looks like uh, Kira but isn't. And that woman who looks like Quark but isn't.
2: I just, man, I hope that somewhere there is an action figure that's Odo with crazy hair. That's <laughs> the action figure that I want.
0: And people are like, why do they have this bozo action figure dressed like it's a guy from Star Trek?
2: See, exactly. Hey, uh, trivia for this week's episode, Facets. Well, it was written by Rene Echeverria. No need to reintroduce Renee since he's such a huge part of DS9. But it's interesting how many revisions occurred before this episode was finalized. So, Iris Stephen Bear had the idea to do something based on the 1973 book, uh, later a 1976 TV movie, *Sybil*, about a woman with dissociative identity disorder. That book was a bestseller, and the TV movie was popular. It was actually later remade in 2007. But the problem for DS9 is that it hinged on personal trauma, and the writers didn't want to add more trauma to Dax's storyline. Thus, the decision was made to turn it to a more positive story about a ritual, and the pretense of having the multiple characters exist in multiple bodies meant they didn't have to solely rest the entire drama on Terry Farrell. Incidentally, the real Sybil, uh, a woman named Shirley Mason, later said that she was lying about the whole thing. Seriously? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, she said uh, that was a story that broke in 2011. Uh, NPR covered it. I don't know if they actually broke the story, but she uh, she wrote a letter to her therapist at that time. And I think it was followed up in multiple other ways, essentially saying those are all me. That that that's me. I'm aware of what I'm doing. Um, So,
0: yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, Now, the episode was directed by Cliff Bull. And uh, and end of the road here on DS9, this is his last episode of DS9 as director. Don't worry, though, he jumps over to Voyager, and he will direct ten episodes over there. So we did seven on DS9, ten, which we will catch up with on Voyager. All right, let's talk about guest stars. So we have a lot of recurring characters in addition to our regular cast. But this time around, we really just have one guest star to mention— The Trill Guardian is played by Jeffrey Allen Chandler from New York. Jeffrey did his earliest TV work in the mid eighties with guest roles on a number of shows. He had a recurring role on a full nine out of 11 episodes of ABC's notorious cop rock. His star Trek debut was actually just a few months before this episode aired. So in a different role, he guest starred on the Voyager episode emanations in March of 1995 while Facets aired in June of that year. These are the only Trek appearances Jeffrey made, and we lost him too young at the age of 57 in 2001. Now, while Jeffrey was the only guest actor in this episode, uh, there's kind of a cool technical note about Curzon. We never really got to know Curzon, uh, but he was glimpsed in a flashback in Emissary. So Michael Westmore took that image and used a computer to create a concept, uh, basically morphing him onto an image of Odo in order to create that makeup effect.
0: See, I thought you were going to say they just like, you know, put um, flesh tone on Bozo and called it good. <laughs> it
2: just, and just, there you go. You're just sticking with the Bozo thing. It's the hair. It's the hair. It's got the Bozo hair.
0: It's the crazy hair. It is absolutely mm-hmm. the crazy hair. Hey, yeah. uh, you've got the recap coming up in a second. But before we get to that, I uh, want to remind people about a, a wonderful sponsor that we have called ExpressVPN, giving you back your Internet privacy. I love ExpressVPN. I use ExpressVPN all the time. If I'm going out for coffee and I'm taking my computer with me, I'm using ExpressVPN. If I'm you know, going to stay at a hotel someplace, I'm using ExpressVPN. Uh, there are a couple of reasons I'm a huge fan. Uh, first of all, I like my privacy and security. You, you know that about me. I do. Yeah, I'm also a fan of their speed. Um, on the privacy and security front, ExpressVPN protects both uh, securing and anonymizing your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Now, I said I really like their speed as well. They take the Express part seriously. I've had VPNs in the past that have sacrificed speed for security, and that's not something that ExpressVPN does. I've streamed movies, uploaded shows, and run flawless audio and video calls while using ExpressVPN. I have not had another VPN that was able to do all of those things with the same speed. Protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than 7 bucks a month. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And like I said before, whether I'm, you know, just going down the street to a coffee shop or, or going to another city or another state, ExpressVPN protects my connections and its speeds that impress me every time.
2: Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mission log. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot E S SVPN.com/missionlog slash mission log for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mission log to learn more and a big thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this week's
1: show. I do not want to be that computer. But it seems the commander of a space station should check with his superiors before letting a homicidal maniac take over his body.
2: Prologue. Nog is in a runabout battling Cardassian fighters when Jake Sisko just shows up on the other side of the windshield knocking on the glass. It's a hollow sweet program, and Nog has been honing his skills to get into the Starfleet Academy preparatory program, and eventually the Academy itself. Bringing the simulation to an end, the boys walk back through the bar where Quark, of course, chastises his nephew for following a human, an unprofitable, pursuit. No time to argue it, though. Quark has to go off to a senior staff meeting. Really? Really. This one is called by Dax, and she's there to ask her friends for a little favor. She needs to borrow their bodies for a few hours. Act 1. For real, though. The Trill ritual Jantara is an opportunity for the memories of former Trill hosts to be moved from the symbiont into willing host bodies by a trained telepathic guardian. It's totally a real thing, it's definitely not magic, and it's absolutely safe. In fact, It's such an easy thing, the temporary host personality can just reassert itself at any time if needed. This is all just an opportunity for Jadzia to meet the former Dax hosts and, you know, hang out. Everybody's into the idea, all except for Quark, who takes a little more convincing by Jadzia with some uh, seductive touching of his lobes. So that's the thing our science officer does now. Back to Nog, who is getting some tutoring from Chief O'Brien. They're in the hollow suite again, where the Chief is mixing up the simulations to take Nog off his guard and test his reaction to high-stress situations. The Trill Guardian arrives at DS9 later, and he gets himself set up to do all the mystical stuff that has to take place for the Jantara. There's open flame, there's an incantation, there's an ethereal energy that passes from Dax to the Guardian to Kira, and when Kira next speaks, she's someone else. She's Leela. Act two. Leela is great. She's kind of feisty, full of kindly old insights. And Jadzia notices that they both stand with their hands behind their backs. It was something Leela started doing when she was a legislator, and the men she worked with would imitate her more flamboyant hand gestures. So she's fun. Next up, it's Tobin in the body of Chief O'Brien. He's not like Leela. He's more of a nervous academic type. Uh, then there's Emony in the body of Lita, which is super convenient because Emony was a gymnast. Uh, then we meet Audrid in Quark's body. Audrid is a caring, nurturing woman who is the head of the Symbiosis Commission. Her motherly demeanor is a little too demanding for Quark, who breaks character, to ask how long he's got to suppress his personality for her. On next to Toraeus, who is a little bit of a Falstaff character inside Dr. Bashir's body. He ate well, lived life to the fullest. When Toraeus' turn is over, it's time for Commander Sisko to welcome one of Dax's former hosts into his psyche. It's Duran, the same Duran who is the host who lost it and murdered his doctor and two others. That Jaran is now inside Sisko, who is inside one of Odo's holding cells, just to play it safe. Act 3. With Jaran Sisko behind a force field, the conversation begins and so do the mind games. He's trying to impart a serious case of imposter syndrome into Jadzia, who reasserts that she's just as worthy as the other host and stronger than what he's dishing out. Oh Yeah? then lower the force field. And she doesn't do that, which is really smart. Except Jaran tries a different tactic by torturing Sisko's body on the force field until it looks like he's at the point of exhaustion. Jadzia lowers the force field only to find out, you got it, it's Jaran still pulling the strings when he grabs her neck. A fight ensues, and Jadzia, who happens to be an expert at Klingon martial arts, easily takes down the commander... Sisko's personality seems to be the dominant one this time, after a solid beating. Counting his latinum in the bar, Quark catches his brother Rom pacing around as he waits for Nog's return from his latest test. Rom believes in his son, even going so far to have Garrick make a cadet uniform for him, which, Quark points out, isn't necessary since Starfleet would issue one to him anyway, Jadzia is talking to Sisko, still trying to process the whole thing with Joran. There was a part of their conversation that stuck with her. Maybe she isn't as good as the other hosts. Maybe that's why Curzon rejected her from the Symbiosis Commission the first time around, to make her reapply and work harder. Sisko says she's about to see him face-to-face. Maybe it's time she asks him. The Giantara ceremony begins again for the final time, And this time it's Odo who plays host to Curzon. And not only does Odo's appearance change, adopting a new quaff and trill spots, his whole demeanor shifts from dour to happy. Act 4. First stop for Curzon Odo is to see his old pal Benjamin Sisko. Funny thing about this transformation, though, Odo and Curzon are sort of coexisting rather than Curzon's personality completely taking over. Odo relishes the fun he can have with this, messing with Quark and generally letting Curzon do changeling tricks like change his clothing appearance in a flash. When it comes time to meet Jadzia, though, he avoids her concern when she brings up the days when she was an initiate. It's bad news for Nog as he failed a spatial orientation test that will derail his plans to go to the Academy Prep program, Cork tries to soften the blow by saying, he'll always have a place here at the bar. Yeah. Great. Still at the bar himself is Curzon, who is closing the place down. He can't get enough of tango and drinks, and when he finally does leave, it's back to the security office, where he's pouring himself a glass of contraband, sorry, and brandy. Jadzia takes the opportunity to ask again about the time she was in an initiate. Why didn't Curzon object to her the second time around? He says maybe he felt sorry for her, seeing as how she was so eager. That just messes with her head more, now thinking that she doesn't have Curzon's respect. How will that make her feel when Curzon's personality is reabsorbed back into the Dax symbiont, back into her? He says it won't matter anyway. He's decided to stay where he is, in Odo's body, and has Odo's full consent. Act 5. So Curzon is going full Hinock. only Odo is cool with it. The Guardian can't separate the two without Odo being on board, too. This could be a real challenge for Jadzia, who faces staying joined with Dax, but without the element of Curzon's memories. Sisko presses her a little further. She's intimidated by him, but there's a way to deal with Kurzon. He's in the wrong here, and she needs to confront him about it. Speaking of confrontation, in a lower corridor, Rom confronts his brother about something very serious. Quark altered the programming in the holodeck to make Nog fail the spatial orientation test. Rom is furious, threatening to burn the bar to the ground if Quark interferes again. Nog's happiness means more to Rom than anything, even Latinum. He's told Cisco what happened, and Nog will be allowed to take the test again. Now, for her own confrontation, Jadzia finds Curzon Odo. She's blunt. She wants those memories, that part of Curzon that should be with the Symbiont. He objects at first until she puts him in his place, and then the truth comes out. Curzon rejected Dax from the Symbiont program way back when, because he was in love with her. He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. He basically got rid of the problem by rejecting her. Then he left the commission, so when she reapplied, it was no longer his problem. Now he's afraid to be rejoined because his thoughts will be with her all the time. She says that's the way it should be, that she loves him, and they should be joined the way it's supposed to be through Dax. In Quark's bar, Rom is celebrating that Nog made it past the test this time, and there's Nog, a little embarrassed, in the unofficial cadet uniform Garrick made for him, It walks Odo, this time just Odo. He's apologetic for his role and what happened when he was joined with Curzon. Jedzia says she's grateful that she was able to work out some issues by talking to the previous hosts. Plus, now that a part of Odo's memories are with her, she understands the joy changelings get from changing. And Odo says now he understands the joy humanoids get from eating, drinking, and generally carousing like Curzon seems like that would be a huge distraction for anyone trying to get some work done and yet Curzon did manage to do that too he must have been a remarkable man and Jadzia agrees yes, he is the end
0: I kept wishing they had like a real budget for effect because
2: what what, what effect do you feel like you were missing?
0: uh, every time Curzon ate or drank anything, should have just fallen straight through (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, she just like popped yes. right out or i thought it would be great if like curzon just like kept trying to eat or drink but still made as much of a mess as odo makes
2: yeah well, they they did that that camera cut where he first goes into cisco's quarters and he immediately picks up a glass and like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna oh he's no, gonna don't drink
0: get to see yeah, it, yeah right yeah. that's it it's kind of it's yeah. kind of dullsville also dude what are you drinking I, I, that was the amazing thing to me, like when he went over, like when he orders Tranya, he gets Tranya, he drinks Tranya. When he's, you know, uh, pouring the Saurian brandy, he's pouring Saurian brandy, he's drinking soryan brandy. He knows what that is, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: when he walks into Cisco's place and just like, oh, look, there's a pitcher of something. Well, I do like to drink. <laughs> with no yeah. idea what that is. It's just, you know. Yeah. We, we went to the plants with that old man uh so going back to the very beginning of the show uh why was jake able to just walk in on somebody else's hollow suite
2: why why is anybody able to walk into anybody's hollow
0: suite right without without like a special code or permission or something Mm -hmm. like that or like i'll be waiting for you in the hollow suite we talked about this on uh in the holodeck as well on on uh on next gen People just like barged in on Riker. People would just barge in, dude, <laughs> you, you don't do you are, that. You were trying to catch a man naked at that point. Yeah. Cause Riker yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. It was kind of a uh, surprising that he was just able to sneak in there.
2: There was, well, I, all right. First of all, yeah. With, with Jake, I mean, what does he see from his perspective? Because the holodeck, the whole gimmick is that it can just create anything and give you the illusion of infinite space. But Jake is literally walking, like he's standing on the floor and then knocks on the window of a shuttle, which is presumably in motion, in space, where there's no air. <laughs> and and does, does the computer at that point just go like, okay, well, see, Nog's on the shuttle, right. and uh, Jake's out here, but I'll let it Jake live. Right. So we'll put a floor under him and right. give him some
0: oxygen. Yeah, you and I had the same note, actually. Um, yeah. I asked, how do hollow suites work? And Nog was sitting in a chair. Uh, so things look like a chair and act like a chair, right? Right. Uh, Jake, on the other hand, was outside a shuttlecraft in the cold, <laughs> unforgiving depths of space. <laughs> right, right. Right. Which is fine. That, that's exactly. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Unless unless Nog was really for thinking, he was like, computer, give me something that's a lot like a shuttlecraft, but put it on a soundstage.
2: Oh, oh that that's hilarious. So, all right, what, where we're going with this, then, is that in a holodeck, uh, a shuttle simulator,
0: or suite. Uh,
2: and a hollow suite, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, so when, when you ask for a shuttle simulation, you're actually getting the simulator version of a shuttle rather than just the holodeck being the simulation
0: you know it could be it, it could just be like you know you, you, you get what you pay for, they don't have a hollow deck, <laughs> they have a hollow suite, so it's possible they're like yeah we'll we'll recreate the inside of it just like. But, you know, if you if you want it to be the cold vacuum of space on the outside, well, you got two options. Either go someplace with a deck, or you go outside. You go,
2: you go outside. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, the whole thing with the chair, it's like computer and program. And the chair goes away. The computer knows there's somebody sitting in the chair and the computer is just like, what? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Okay, stupid.
2: You told me to end the program.
0: (laughs) You got it. Yeah. By the way, I hope you're saying uh, computer and program didn't just cut our show off in the middle.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it might have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You never can tell. She's uh, she's feisty. She's feisty. It's weird. It could happen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um there was a good line in there, uh uh Quark no, I'm sorry, uh uh Nog saying to Quark, uh he wants to be a writer about Jake, there's no profit in that. <laughs> it's, you know, just great. That that's awesome. Um Oh, and I love that in that uh, very important senior staff meeting. So, yes, we do get a line squeezed in between uh, Bashir and Odo. Uh, but Jadzia in that next scene, she says, I, I called you all here the people closest to me, like Lita, who I just met. I, I, that's <laughs> yeah. That's well, they have been hilarious. spending a
0: lot of time together.
2: So much time together, according to Odo and Bashir. Uh Oddly enough, that role would have actually been uh, something for Keiko uh, in the original script, but Rosalind Chow was busy that week, so they they didn't get her uh, for the role.
0: Yeah. How do you also? How do you write that? Yeah. Because it's like I can only get back every three months. I can only stay for ten minutes when I do. But oh, Dax needs mm-hmm. something. I'll be right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be right there. <laughs> so, yeah. Really? Because I've been asking you to come home for a month yeah <laughs> says miles yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i actually thought that the uh the, i mean obviously it's a good it's a good way to begin the uh to, the episode because it's sort of the it's between the prologue and the and the act one mm-hmm. when uh when dax says uh if you don't mind i'd like to borrow your bodies for a few hours mm-hmm. uh season one bashir would have been undressed before we faded to the credits <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> yeah. was about nine seconds. So, I mean, there yes. <laughs> would yeah. have been, and yet that would have happened. So, again, we see a bit of maturity from uh, yeah. our man Bashir.
2: Isn't that nice? Oh, ooh, yeah, our man Bashir. That's a little little foreshadowing there.
0: Huh?
2: <laughs> by the way, did nobody know about this thing? I, I, I'm taken back to, like, the Far days of, uh, you know, the TOS, oh. when it's like, by the way... Yeah. Vulcans have this thing once every seven years. I I realize we've been allies with Vulcans for like 100 years at this point, and we know a lot of them. But here's this thing that we're dropping on you now. Trills have been around for a while. And uh, it's like, yeah, here's this thing that we do. It was cool that Lita knew about it. They gave her a little bit of depth.
0: Well, no. Uh, Cisco um, also knew about it.
2: Cisco knew about it because he was there for uh, Curzon.
0: Yeah. Who cares? I mean, honestly, who cares? I mean, no, I mean, if, if you're not involved with a, with a, with a trill, or if you're mm-hmm. not a trill yourself, then what do you care, right? I mean, and yeah. I'm not saying that it's not an interesting thing to learn, but uh, like the whole tooth sharpener thing for the Ferengi. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I doubt that a lot of people know that Ferengi actually have a tooth sharpener. They probably just think, man, he's got some really sharp teeth. And then later you find out, well, no, it's actually a thing there. Oh, well, that makes sense. It makes sense that mm-hmm. that would be a thing that they do. Okay. Because, I mean, otherwise, who cares? The Far thing is very different because, yeah. you know, I will wreck your ship if I don't do, do a thing, do something about this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that actually strikes me as a bit more. Uh, necessary in a way. Here's the thing that I was wondering about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how is it decided when this is supposed to happen? Now, my guess is uh, it's when somebody comes up with a script idea, but according to the uh, guardian, he's like, yeah, we've been trying to get her back uh, to Trillvania. For I, however long, planet. Oh, Trill. this is called Trill. That was a called Trill, okay. and, and the city is Trill. Right, right, right. And, and the, the people whole, are Trill. And the whole thing is yeah. trilling. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, see, like we've been trying to get her back, you know, for ages to do this, and it was obvious we were never going to. So we just decided to come to her. She's been joined for like three years, right? Three and a half, yeah. maybe. Yeah. When was she? Like, I assume that this is a thing. Like after a while, you would do. Right? Yeah. Because Curzon talks about it, and Curzon was an old man when he and uh, Cisco were hanging out. Is he seriously remembering something that happened like three or four years after he got joined?
2: Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what the timing was supposed to be on yeah. on any of that. It, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense unless, like you said, you're writing a script about it.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> you just
2: decide. Yeah. I yeah. know oh, there's a it thing really that happens
0: true. about, like, you know, when we need it to. hmm.
2: Yeah. It, precisely by by the the strike of when we need it to happen and now yeah
0: there's also a weird thing that happens in this episode and it's um i think it's it's pretty obviously it's just a, it's the whole uh difference between you know what's in universe and and what we're trying to make the audience know mm-hmm. um and there is not a single one of the dax hosts that should be a host yeah <laughs> it seems to yeah. me because they are all so over the top with the exception of Leela. Leela, yeah. uh, I think, was a wonderful person and should do that. Uh, the one that was in Quark was fine, but, I mean, they're all really just sort of like you know, over-the-top caricatures yeah. of other people. And I, and I assume that is so we can see, you know, oh, well, no, that's not Miles. That's, that's mm-hmm. Tobin. That's Tobin. Yeah, yeah, right. Or whichever. Tobin? Tobin? It's, you know, it's the one we don't like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, everybody is just so over-the-top in uh, in their things.
2: I, I think that actually explains a lot about how the whole Trill thing works. Like, you know, we, you and I have asked each other, when and how did the people on Trill, the host body, decide? Like, oh, I'm going to go eat that slug, and now, you know, oh, look, it's a symbiont and now it'll it'll make me a different person. Right. I think the people on Trill looked at each other and like we are really over the top and we need to uh find some balance and settle down yeah i i think maybe this whole joining thing is a good idea that will at least some of us will excel at something other than just being crazy basket cases that's
0: such a funny idea so um the first slayer on buffy the vampire slayer is practically mm-hmm. animal just like all about the hunt that's it right mm-hmm. really over the top i guess is what i'm saying I like the idea that the first, like the first one of those who looked at one of those you know, worms and was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat that, and that's, that's going to make everything better or something. <laughs> yeah. He was actually just a class clown. Yeah. He was like, how much, <laughs> right. how much to eat yeah. that? And like, oh, man, you're so crazy. Five. Yeah. Five what? <laughs> Whatever. Five of them. Five. Yeah. I'll give you five to mm. swallow that. And, yep. uh, and thus was a society born, like over the top from the very beginning.
2: Exactly. Um, Speaking of over the top, uh, there's uh, Benjamin Sisko doing his Hannibal Lecter impression. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was very, very inspired by that. I'm sure they had that in mind as they were doing it. Um, Interestingly, I I read that they shot it twice, because um, and I don't mean two takes, I mean, they shot it, and then they came back for a reshoot, because the first one they said he was so quiet, and just whispering the lines that it made it even creepier. They thought they uh, uh, that he was just too evil, hmm. um, which you know i, I guess well uh, Duran is a bad guy, although they hugged it out, yeah you know at a certain point, yeah so, we may yeah. come
0: back to that point,
2: yeah, we may very well, um and you know, but fortunately, for the sake of drama, everybody's like, um cool, well we're going to put uh, this dangerous murderer behind the uh, the wall here we 're all going to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> we're sure everything's going to be great he's not going to try to psychologically torture you or anything yeah um so yeah just give us a shout if you need something
0: well again i mean that's a, that's the hannibal Lecter thing again isn't it In yeah. silence of yeah. the lambs i mean the only person who was anywhere near uh clarice and hannibal was a uh, multiple migs and then XL. he said something to you what was it mm-hmm. um so I, i'm really surprised you didn't mention the food in this episode
2: well, you know, you had the mention to the uh, pastries at the beginning. Right. Then you had Bashir, Tarias, chiming down on what looked like some, you know, some party mix, yeah. some Cracker Jack or yeah. something. Nothing too exciting. Well, no, there.
0: you're missing the on-screen food, though. Was that a split mm-hmm. pea soup over which the Guardian <laughs> praised before pulling the Freaky Friday with everybody?
2: It, it was it was either that or, like, they were going to get down with a mud mask. What was that, uh, right?
0: And I, then Leo was yeah. like, I really love the smell of that, don't you? <laughs> right. And I'm like, is it the fire? And then later yeah. they show uh, Jadzia pouring, I don't know, more split pea soup into the split pea soup. And it's like, yes. well, okay. And it'll give John something to talk about anyway.
2: Well, because it's different from the pool of stuff that we saw in... Um, on trill world
0: yeah no you know? it's, no it's just called trill
2: Tr- just trill right yeah but that was the, the the glorious underground hot tubs of trill um they were in those and it's just like well it's just water it's just kind of a milky looking yeah. water it's okay it doesn't look like spit
0: split pea soup that is the bet that the hilton missed yes it had, had the glorious underground hot tubs of trill we yeah. would still be writing the experience today.
2: We, we would. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that uh, O'Brien has the go-away pad. I did in not. In his hands. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's cool, though. Funny funny little bit.
0: Um, and speaking of, uh, speaking of props, the uh, cadet's uniform that, uh, that uh, uh, Rom has made for Nog, when it's in the box, it has a communicator on it. Yeah. Now, not when Nog is wearing it, but in the box it does. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering a few things about that. Is it a dummy? Like those, you know, fake credit cards you get when you get a new mm. wallet? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you open the wallet. It's like, oh, well, look, credit cards. Well, I have credit cards. And this would be what my wallet looks like. Right. Are they putting like a fake communicator on there? to be like, no, 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 really. I know it doesn't look like a cadet's uniform, but look at this. Ah. Now. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, other possibility is it's a stolen communicator.
2: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Or
0: I did wonder if plain simple spy master Garrick is trying to infiltrate something.
2: Oh, oh, see, no, that that would be good. That that would be just uh, plain simple Garrick. Like, no, it's 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 fine. It's <laughs> just put this
0: on. This is what DS Nine uh, fans call the slow burn, and then like in season six and a half or something, uh, it'll just explode. Yep. Or or it's been recording everything that has said, like, the whole time. Who knows? Yeah, but there's a—I'm telling you, there's something up with that communicator. It's coming back. Yeah,
2: it is. Hey, I I love that you mentioned earlier uh, Odo drinking, and and specifically that he orders Chanya as Curzon. um, Because I I don't think we've had an on-screen reference to that until now since TOS, Hmm. Like maybe somewhere along the lines, but, and, you know, I was probably wrong here, but um, I thought it was so cool that it, again we're talking like a hundred years in the future uh, from TOS and here's Curzon. Here's an old guy, like ordering an old guy's drink. Yeah. It's like, you know, somebody walking into a bar now and just unironically ordering, I don't know, a Harvey Wallbanger. Yeah. You know? Right. So. Wait a minute. Yeah.
0: Well, it, yeah. it, 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 but Tranya wasn't a thing that we knew about before Baylock, mm-hmm. and then Baylock leaves. Yeah, do you think? Do you think it's really Tranya, or do you think somebody's just like, "Oh, I heard about this thing called Tranya," and then like some enterprising bartender is like. I have Tronya. Oh, oh, funny. <laughs> and then yeah. I serve it to them. And it's like, really? This is Tronya? You know, don't ever yeah. don't ever serve it to Kirk or Spock. Because I'll be like, this isn't Tronya. This, is, <laughs> this is antifreeze. What is yeah. what is this?
2: Exactly. Exactly. I like that. Oh, and also going with the drinking theme, he has that classic saurian brandy bottle that's the the George Dickel decanter, just like Kirk had. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was neat. Um And there's a line in here that I really like, you know, that last moment between uh, Odo and uh, Jadzia sitting there talking. And and he says, I never realized how much joy you humanoids get from things like eating, drinking, and and man, Odo, Odo, let's talk, buddy. Let's talk.
1: I am working on character names for the Odo. Curzon Mashup. So far, I have Curdow
0: and Ozon and Currod Ozon. We'll get back to facets in a moment, but first a word from Mint Mobile.
2: If you're still using one of the big wireless providers, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're probably being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay.
0: This is where Mint Mobile comes in. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you are used to, but at a fraction of the cost, because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly to you.
2: Now, each of us has been trying it out for the last few months, and it's great. It's very impressive. Uh, Everything from surfing the web to streaming music, uh, video, all of it works exactly the way that you would expect, but for a lot less money per month.
0: Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill to as little as 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. And with Mint Mobile, you're paying for the amount of data you need. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Keep your phone, keep your number... And keep more of your money. You know, There's one thing, John, that I was particularly impressed with. Um, mm-hmm. So with one of my, you know, with the previous carrier, mm-hmm. if I wanted to uh, use my tethered data, right? So let's say I've got my phone with me and I want to hop online with my computer, but I don't want to, you know, log into somebody's sketchy <laughs> Wi-Fi or whatever, <laughs> right? right? Um, if I wanted to tether, I had to pay my carrier money to be able to use the data for which I was already paying, and that's just a thing you can do with Mint Mobile. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you're using obviously against the amount of data that you have, but you're not paying extra money to use the thing for what you're already paying the money. So that's another cool thing they got going for them
2: uh, out of many, many cool things. So to get your new wireless plan starting at 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com dot com slash mission log. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash mission log. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash mission log.
0: I love the enlightened 24th century. I'm a huge fan of the enlightened 24th century. I know you are. I love everyone's respect for everyone's decision in this episode, especially Quark's decision to not participate. Mm. Yeah. In the 24th century, no means, well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs)
2: well okay uh let's go back to that very first scene uh with quark in there i i do think that it is worthwhile that they have a conversation with him and say hey this is cool we're all doing it we're helping out our friend please reconsider please participate even though again who uh, really who would want quark there to begin with but but um but they do sort of... Look, the whole thing with Chad uh, Zia seducing him into doing it... Yeah. I do not understand at all.
0: Well, it's a recurring... I mean, it's a running gag. If yeah, If, if but- somebody wants Quark to do something and Quark doesn't want to do that thing, if it's a female, um, well, she's going to go for his earlobes and he's going to, you know, uh, he's going to roll over.
2: There are so many other people on that station who... Morn. Morn would have been great. <laughs>
0: Morn actually Staying would have been fine. Uh, yeah. you, you could do Morn. You could do Jake. Yep. Um, you could do some other character that she's also been hanging out with that we've never heard of until two episodes ago. <laughs> That'd be fine.
2: So many people.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it could be a weird thing where the Guardian actually does it uh, because yeah, mm-hmm. Quark, Quark said no. Yeah, and that's just not going to fly. So yeah. so we're going to get Quark to yes, and and if we have to, <laughs> if we have to objectify. Or or tease or whatever. Yeah, uh yeah. Then I, that'll be fine.
2: Cork has other much more important things to do, like um, uh, screwing up his nephew's plans to pursue his life's ambition.
0: See, it doesn't matter though. See, because now you're doing, now you're doing what aboutism. And it doesn't matter. Uh, if what Quark had to do was sit at home and eat Cheetos or bed bugs or whatever the heck it is that he eats, <laughs> I can't remember. But if all Quark yeah. wanted to do was sit at home and watch TV or the 24th century version of TV, uh, that's, it. that's fine. That's Quark's yeah. decision, theoretically. True. Sorry. I, true. I have a little, I have a, yeah.
2: No, look, I mean, the, the, this is a theme. This is something important here. The, the A plot and the B plot have thematic similarities. So Quark and Curzon, uh, they act out of selfishness and uh, they assume to know what's best for someone else. Um, but in reality, they're putting their own interests first. So interesting that you would point this out right from the get go. It's, it's Jed Zia saying, um, look, I know you think you know what's best for you. But really, I'm going to corner you into doing this thing for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what's happening throughout this episode.
0: Right. And then, you know, then there's the added uh, using um, sex.
2: Yeah, yeah, which right. just seemed really weird. <laughs> right,
0: it seems, Cause, it seems horrible, but they keep doing it. It's also weird, I mean, like, every time somebody, like, grabs Quark by his earlobes, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going for an erogenous zone when they're doing the whole, like, umox yeah. thing, right? When they're, when they're yeah. trying to talk him into doing something, they're going for an erogenous zone. That basically means they're grabbing him by, and forgive my use of the term, the junk, every time mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. to, they, either they want to, like, manhandle him, pardon my use of that term, or when they want to get something from him. And either way, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's cute and it's funny, except I'm not sure it plays in 20, in the 20 teens, in the late 20 teens as we record this, uh, the same way it did in the 90s.
2: Yeah. Yeah, good question. Um, there was another thing here about so Starfleet Academy uh, applications and tests that they're, they're just all constantly messing with you. Mm-hmm. It's like if we've learned anything about trying to join the Academy or trying to excel, no matter what they tell you you're doing, you're actually doing something else. <laughs> so I think the first time we really saw this was the Kobayashi Maru. Right? <laughs> right so in star trek 2 we're there at the academy finally we're in the simulation room and it's like hey you're gonna go in here you're gonna do this thing where are uh, you gonna go save some people on another ship oh guess what it's not that it's klingons here to destroy you right and at every point in this when uh uh nog is ready to do something chief o'brien's like yeah it's not that because that's what we do we keep you on your toes by lying to you <laughs>
0: You know, so, my favorite idea, like this this would be yeah. the best uh, Starfleet Academy entrance exam. Um, you go into the room where they're going to have the entrance exam and they strip you and then they tell you to go through another door and you're on a stage and there's an uh-huh. audience and you're in a play, but you don't know any of the lines. And then how yes. do you handle that? It's like that's, it's like that nightmare that you hear about. Yeah. yeah but then <laughs> that's and how you do. Uh, affects whether or not you get into Starfleet.
2: That is Starfleet Academy in a nutshell. Seems like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, admissions, anyway. I mean, once you actually end, yeah, then it's just a bunch of boring book learning. Right. It's actually yeah. kind of weird to me that, you know, it's like, well, it wouldn't be a stress test if we actually tested you on things you know. Well, yeah, it would be. It would just be a stressful <laughs> situation. It's not yeah. like, you know, the whole, I, I didn't even know any of the lines and I was in the play.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, get into a little bit more with uh, Odo and Curzon, or Curzon and Odo, however you uh, you want to look at them. So I wondered a couple of things. Did, did Curzon learn anything here about the difference between loving someone and being in love with someone? I mean, he and Jadzia are talking about two different things. And in that last scene where we're, we're racing toward the credit. So we got to wrap everything up. Mm-hmm. He's saying, and, and he's admitting the things that are wrong with his attitude and, and what he did. Uh, but he, he's also pouring his heart out saying, eh, this is terrible because I am in love with you. This is wrong. And he's making these bad decisions based on that. She then says, I love you. We need to be together this way. Um, I I don't know that Curzon is necessarily putting that together correctly in his head or if he's just sort of given up at that point and realizes, yeah, I just need to be where where I belong.
0: Well, I mean, what's what's interesting to me is actually he didn't say that he was in love with her. I think he eventually said that, but she said, Mm. you were in love with me. And I think in the back of Curzon's mind, he's like, yeah, let's go with that. I mean, really what he was was Mm. obsessed with her. Right, mm-hmm. I, and no, I don't think he was saying let's go with that. But I mean, it, I mean, really, what it was was obsession, not or infatuation or whatever.
2: And, and he says he still is, though.
0: Right. Yeah. Well. Okay. So he, See, he now, was and is. Well, yeah. now you might be able to make that case because now he spent three years, you know, in her skin, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when you know, yeah, that whole thing is problematic. It 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 is in its own way. I think as problematic as the Umox thing that we were talking about a moment ago, but I might, yeah. I might, I might revisit that, uh, next segment. I think, Hey, uh, yeah. uh, there is something I want to talk about though. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I know there's other stuff to talk about too. Um, I think we really need to revisit Odo's loneliness again. Mm. We talked a little bit last week about our, our last episode. Cause I don't remember how, the, whatever <laughs> we talked a little bit in, um, what was the last episode we did? not family business, Shakar. Shakar. We talked a bit, Shakar. We talked a bit in the uh, last episode, Shakar, about um, the possibility that Odo is identifying as Bajoran. And I said it was actually, it would sort of make sense that he was, because what he misses about being on the home world with the founders is not being with the founders as much as it being with someone. He doesn't like what they do. He doesn't like how they do, but he does like that feeling of togetherness that he gets, yeah. because, uh, presumably because he's always been sort of an outsider. And then we talked about uh, last week when, or last time we, uh, Shikar, we talked about the fact that, um, that when he was talking to Kira, he said, Uh, other Bajorans, or we have a different uh, sort of take on it than other Bajorans or than most Bajorans. Mm -hmm. And you and I discussed whether he was sort of identifying as Bajoran or, you know, uh, whether that was just sort of a weird read on that. Um, He joins with Curzon and he's like, yeah, this is for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's got another dude like walking around in his skin now, like with him. Right. Yeah, that's like that is I mean, it's weird because you look at Curzon and he's completely inappropriate as a match for Odo. But I mean, Odo has that togetherness that he hasn't had since he was, you know, uh, splashing around in the Great Lake. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's link. <laughs> he hasn't had that kind of togetherness since then. It's, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting character bit, which I don't know if it was intentional at all intentional at all excuse me but immediately when curzon's like this is odo's decision too i was like no way and i was like oh actually absolutely yes odo would go for that in a heartbeat because yeah he has felt so disconnected um you know through basically his entire existence that he's been conscious of and the second he's like you know the second he can share with somebody else he's like yes yes please
2: well, I think it's interesting because he's he's connecting on two different levels. So he, he literally has Curzon with him, the Curzon personality. So he feels that togetherness. He they they both enjoy this idea of sharing each other's psyches and and perceptions and experience of the world, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It makes total sense for Odo, a guy who came from the Great Link. Um and it, obviously it makes sense for Curzon because he's somebody who as a host for the majority of his life was living with a symbiote. Um, but the other thing about that, that's really neat to unpack is that Odo for numerous reasons has had uh, a profound difficulty in connecting with the people around him. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the torture of his Prior existence, which was being a lab specimen. Part of it was the the political context uh, being sort of forced to work for the Cardassians, and then now working for the people who were occupied by the Cardassians, the Bajorans. So he's never really had an opportunity to relax and unwind and connect with people as people. It's great to see. It's almost like in the best sense of the word, because I'm not condoning this as an idea, but in the best sense of the word, it's like somebody has their first drink and can finally let their hair down and be a little more open about who they are. Uh, You know, uh, just have a little fun for a minute. And here's Odo who, because of this outside force that is now literally in him, now a part of him, gets to unwind, gets to let the hair down, the crazy clown hair, and be the life of the party and connect with people in a way that he has never connected with people. It's great to see. There's a tragic element of that, as you're pointing out, which is that he you know, he can't have that forever. Curzon can't stay there. Odo won't be able to have this feeling unless maybe he returns to the Great Link and can actually commingle with the rest of the consciousness of the changelings. Um, but th- this is the only time that we've really been able to see him relax with others. It's kind of nice to see. And he can understand why Odo would want
1: that, would crave that. <laughs> If we throw Bozo in the mix, combined character names could include Curzo and Bodon, and Curbozo Odozon. Yeah,
0: the episode is called Facets. I think we know why it's called Facets, right? It's like a it's like a multifaceted gem or something like that. It's not it's not just one thing. I mean, it is just one thing, but uh, you know, many. Uh, well facets many, parts. many
2: angles Yeah, uh, angles yes. you see not many parts because
0: mm-hmm. it's all the same thing that's a thing sure like a multi diamond is still one diamond it just has many sort of angles as you say or views yeah different things that sort of uh visually make up the whole even though it's not different things it's all the same thing so yeah. although these are actually different things <laughs> yeah so I, I so the titles the right. title doesn't work yeah (laughs) i think that's what we're saying the title (laughs) it's mistitled uh, but that's why it's titled that and uh, now we get to the other parts of the show because uh this is the part where we talk about the messages morals and meanings and try to figure out whether the whole thing holds up as far as we're concerned uh facets john does this episode hold up as far as you're concerned
2: Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, so you know for the most part I've liked episodes where the characters get to not be themselves just for a little while. Mm -hmm. You know, we go back to the original Mirror, Mirror, something like that, where it really works when the the characters get to stretch themselves a bit. Or um, Return to Tomorrow, which I thought about, in fact, made a little reference to that in the recap. I'm sure that many of our listeners will uh, have spotted that, Um, where you have these disembodied figures who then join into our regular crew and and change them up a little bit. Sometimes that can be done very effectively. Um, particularly if you've been with a cast for a long time and you want to see them stretch a bit. I don't love this one though, because it feels like a gimmick from the beginning and it feels like it takes a long time to get moving. Um, I, I feel like it's done pretty well when we get to the drama but even the if you say well the dramatic moment is uh, Cisco as Duran, I I would say it's not. That's just sort of one more little bump in the road with a, a manufactured piece of drama right. uh, that doesn't really need to be there. Um, well, I so would, the,
0: forgive me, I would actually argue it shouldn't be there because they hugged it out. Yeah, she's come to terms with the fact that he is there. And we were sort of given to understand. I mean, granted, there was very little time for it. But we sort of were given to understand that he also accepted everything that had been bad and and almost came in sort of penitent. But now, you know, well, now, what are we going to do with him? Well, wasn't make him evil. Yeah.
2: And that, that's the problem is they, they just sort of reinvent the character of Duran because, well, we need a bad guy. We, we need some drama here. Yeah. And and there there is something interesting about what's going on with Curzon and how that affects Odo and then how Jadzia could or should deal with that. Uh, but we're literally cramming that into the last two acts here. Um, so it just... The whole thing feels forced like we need to contrive a thing to happen because, oh, man, there's only an episode left uh, before we get to the end of the season. We're out of good ideas. Um, And by the way, just seriously, this trill tradition is a terrible idea. (laughs) It's just it's just an awful idea. Like if you had to be faced with that, with the different aspects of your personality being embodied in something that you could talk to, just run away. Um, That that just sounds like a terrible thing to have to go through. Now, I will say this for the episode. Um, Renee is having the best time here and good for him. Mm -hmm. It, It has to have been fun. And he really got to do something different. Um, I, I will say that, uh, neither Rene Echeverria, as opposed to Rene Auberjonois, uh, neither Rene Echeverria nor, uh, Ira was particularly happy with the outcome of this episode because they never felt like they really figured out Curzon. They just went with the broad strokes. He's the life of the party. He drinks a lot. And that's about as far as they got. And I think you could have solved that problem with really focusing more on Curzon and less about the contrivance of just getting there. Um, I do think the B plot is better executed than the A plot, even though I think the B plot is not great. Um, They are thematically similar, which is kind of cool to see. It's nice to see Rom stand up for himself. Um, He says what should really be obvious for any parent. And it's great that he found the backbone to say it. Um, but i don 't think that necessarily saves this episode. I will say that I like this episode better on a couple of rewatches and really diving into it scene by scene, but taken as a whole and just watching it like if you're just popping in d s nine to watch, particularly if you haven't seen a lot of d s nine before. This is not a great episode. Um, I do not think I will be watching this one again and again. Yeah. What about you,
0: it's a great episode to put on the background while you're doing something else, and you don't want to be distracted, but you still want to have TV on. Sure. Which yeah. is not a yeah. not a ringing endorsement. It's not a compliment. Yeah. 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 And there, are, the biggest problem to me with this episode, and there are a couple of problems with this episode. It's literally all been done. I've got the um, bare naked lady song in my head. Actually, it's all been done. Uh, it's a little bit of Enemy Within uh, with a side of Tuvix. If you want to go ahead and do the whole, um, you know, the joined um, Odo and Curzon thing. Uh, the part in the B-plot has also been done. When, when Rom says he's going to go join Starfleet and Quark says, no, you're not. And, and Nog stands up and says, yes, he is. And he's going to be great. You know, all that stuff. I mean, that's been done this season. Yeah, right. Yeah. When Nog first said that that's what he was going to do, and Rom stood up for him. That was done this season, and we're doing it again now for—I'm not sure done why.
2: I think it's done better here, though.
0: You think it's done better here, really?
2: I think so. Yeah, I, I think I think Rom needs that point to grab Quark and actually threaten him. Like, their relationship has changed now after they had that fight on uh, Franginar. Um, I I think he needed to drive at home because Quark is still constantly pushing Rom down.
0: Yeah. You know what? You you know what I wish I had seen though? I wish I had seen why Quark is doing that. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it part of Mm -hmm. Quark's provincialism? Is it part of Quark? You know, is he worried about Rom? You see, that would actually Mm -hmm. have been an interesting thing to see, like have him break down and say why that is, or is it purely selfishness? We don't know why. And okay. I see what you're saying about the fight between, um, Excuse me, Nog. I was saying that about Nog. I see what you're saying about the, the relationship between Rom and Quark and really needing that defining moment. But then everything that we're seeing happen with Nog, again, we've seen happen before. So I sort of lost that because it all felt like it had been done. Mm-hmm. As far as the stuff with Jantia, I mean, this is the third time that we've seen this happen, I think. <laughs> uh, earlier this season, it happened with Equilibrium, which is the first time we met Joran. Um, It also, I think, happened to an extent in playing God when Jadzia came to terms with the parts of herself. Um, Yeah, Curzon, funny enough, uh, when she came to terms with the parts of herself that she didn't like but had to live with, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I said it's a bit like The Enemy Within as well. Um, And then there's this whole other thing that really doesn't work today. Curzon couldn't deal with his feelings for Jadzia. So rather than remove himself from the situation, he had her bounced, yeah. right? He had her sent out. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the other side, he feels bad about that, um, but he never actually owns up to it. He just sort of, you know, lets her go through all of it again, right? Until yeah. the very end of it. Like, like even now, even having lived in her skin, even having been part of the, 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 the thing that is that combination, she's like, so what was going on there? And he's like, oh, I felt bad for you. Cause look at you. Right mm-hmm. now. I don't know how uh, hosts and symbionts are paired, but he probably should have apologized to her and explained to her before they were joined. And, and also they probably shouldn't have been joined. <laughs> and yeah, one yeah. hopes uh that they wouldn't have been had anybody known uh i said earlier it, it's jadzia who says you were in love with me um no uh, the term you're looking for is uh is obsessed with i think mm. or infatuated with and and it just gets creepier and creepier from there um he's like he's like les moonves or charlie rose with spots on his head i mean he's just i mean he's bad he's bad you know, and 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 then when it's all over, worse than Rand having to confront, uh, uh Kirk, um, he's moving back in. Yeah, dude, really? Yeah. Um. Now, all of that said, I will say the one thing I do like is that you know, it's Curzon who's avoiding the whole thing, not Jadzia. I kind of like that. I like the fact that he feels sort of bad, but I mean, he's still you know he's he's more than getting away with it and and it really struck me as awful yeah otherwise it's great
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i look i i don't disagree with you there There, there's something about that ending that it, it feels like we haven't redeemed curzon before we're saying like okay get back together because the clock's running out yeah, here and yeah we
0: going to roll credits i mean honestly yeah. and this is the thing we haven't done this in quite a while uh, and there have been actually a lot of strong episodes of ds9 lately um this whole thing as a storyline could have worked if instead of we're going to do all seven right now uh they had done like an episode with tobin because that character is ridiculous and there's no way he gets to be joined With the little amount that we saw, Um, um, whichever one it was that Bashir was, he was, he was Tarias, he was ridiculous. And there's no way he gets to be joined with just that tiny bit that we saw. If there's stuff that she's supposed to be learning from all of this, or more to the point, if there's stuff that we're supposed to be learning from all of this, maybe take a little bit more time and do that. And then, I mean, you're right. We only spent two acts with Curzon and what she found out about what Curzon did to her and why uh, maybe deserves a little bit more than 15 minutes of screen time. I mean, mm-hmm. he maybe doesn't get to go back, which, I mean, was what I found myself wondering about. Like, that would be interesting. Great. I'm, I'm glad that you feel bad. I have to figure out how I feel about it. Yeah. As opposed to just writing the, well, she's a young female. He's an old man. We need to make this, you know, she understands because we got to wrap this up and we don't really care as much about her feelings as we do about his. Yeah. And it's just like, the whole thing was just (sighs) a tiny bit undone by that. Yeah. Or for me anyway.
2: No, I I don't disagree. It's, if you're going to go there, I mean, look, Curzon is the most interesting of all of these hosts that we've explored. I won't say he's the most interesting, but he's the one who has been the most explored just because there is that history with uh, Benjamin and there is a lot to maybe not necessarily be gained for the, the the strength of the Jadzia character, but there is a lot to be explored there if you're going to go there. If we need to talk more about Trill history and what makes them tick, or if you're just going to introduce a new character, great. Let him come out and let him go be somebody else for a while, longer than just a few hours. But he actually has to change. He actually has to have a little bit of an arc um, and we, we barely got that here, barely. We just introduced the idea that, well, he's, uh, he's sort of hiding from his own personal truths by drinking too much. And, uh, then at the end, he's going to say like, oh, this is uncomfortable for me, but I guess I'm going back, <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs>
0: you know, yeah. yeah,
2: not exactly a moment of redemption for him.
0: No, I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, messages.
2: Well, I I mean, I I think what they're going at, or at least what happens with these uh, two lines here with the Rom and uh, Quark story and the Jadzia and Curzon story, uh, you you got two cases of people trying to make decisions for someone else in their best interest. You know, you go back to... uh, Go back to what Curzon did to Jadzia by denying her admittance the first time around. And then you've got uh, Quark, what he's trying to do to Nog now uh, with him getting to Starfleet. Again, just trying to control somebody else's life decisions that way because it suits you. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Don't do that. That's about as clear as you can possibly make that. And also, uh, apparently from this episode, confrontation solves problems. Um, I'm not saying whether that's a good or a bad thing, or it's always successful, but that is something that is a theme in this episode, is that uh, if you're a Jadzia, you have to go confront Curzon, at least that's what Cisco tells her to do, and uh, if you're a Rom, you have to go confront Quark. Maybe in Rom's case, you have to do it more than once to drive home the idea, but I feel like this time, he really drove home the idea.
0: Mission Log is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive Producer, Rod Roddenberry. Hey, have you checked out all the podcasts on the Roddenberry Podcast Network? Shows like Mission Log, Mission Log Live, Women at Warp, Priority One, The Trek Files, Daily Star Trek News, and Shabam! Shabam! Podcasts.roddenberry.com If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, that'd be neat. Patreon.com slash Mission Log is the place to do that. And for more Star Trek news and discussion... Be sure to visit trackmovie.com
2: On the next Mission Log, The Adversary.
1: Some of the music for Mission Log provided by Warp 11, online at Warp11.com. And from the album Messages by Key Theory, free to download at K-I-Theory.com. To keep up to date with everything happening with Mission Log, listen to Mission Log Live, available where you get podcasts, and be sure to visit the show's site, missionlogpodcast.com. And Transmission.